0: and ghouls and welcome to quest friends hereafter an improvised fiction podcast using the role playing game under the neighborhood i am kyle he him and today i my four best friends and some dice are going to tell you a story about a killer party in the afterworld
1: Hello, I am Ari Sheher, and I play Aurelio Enrique Hueso Canaca, or also known as Kike. He, him, and he is the opportunist who adapts and makes copies.
0: I think it might be creates copies, but it's like it's semantics.
1: And creates copies. I need to. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I need to actually go and get. <laughs> they come from him in some way. Yeah,
1: I'm frantically looking for the
2: book right now. I'm Emily. They, them and I play Irene Hawthorne, the Necroman trainer who overextends and doesn't have a second descriptor, she, her.
3: Hello, I am Tom, my pronouns are he, him, and I am playing Hilda Mishkiewicz, the guardian who pulls pranks and escapes, Uh, whose pronouns are she, her.
4: I'm Hallie, pronouns she, her. I play Sparky Malarkey, also she, her, the intuition who investigates and has a mascot suit. So as you heard, we've got a, a, we got a
0: couple of new descriptors there because we did some advancement. We did some level up. What did we advance to? You'll, you'll have to listen or read on to find out. Essentially, yeah, we did a bunch of upgrades. As they come up, we'll talk about where they came from and what's going on, especially when the descriptors come up. I think that's a good time to be like, why does Sparky have a mascot suit? Where did this suit come from? What is it? We'll figure that out later. That being said, before we uh, begin with our slice of life complications, during the end of campaign survey, one of our audience members, one of our fans said that it would be really appreciated if we recorded our pre-session rolls. Specifically, Hallie gets to roll all four of her stats Ari gets to roll a loaded dice, which Kike gets to use later. And Ari, you have a new move this time that you want to decide each session, right? I do,
1: yes. So basically, it's called doubles. It's part of my opportunist playbook, I believe. I pick a number between two and five. If I roll two of that number, it counts as a critical success. But then I also pick a number between two and five. And if I roll two of that number, it counts as a critical failure. So I'm living on the edge here, and I'm going to pick two as my critical success number, and I am going to pick five as my critical failure number.
0: I appreciate that you didn't just, you didn't choose two numbers that were failures. You chose like a number that would normally give you a success for your critical failure, and a number that would normally give you a failure for your critical oh, success. Oh yeah,
1: I am living on uh, dangerously here, and I might...
0: That's that's fun, I like that a lot.
1: I might definitely get them confused, but, you know... And now I am rolling my loaded die! And I rolled a 10.
0: I'm assuming not two fives?
1: No, it is not two fives, it is six and four.
0: <laughs> Alright, so ari has got got a 10 to note. With low to die, we always talk about what KK did to set that up when the move becomes applicable. So we won't talk about that now. However, Sparky, I want you to roll. I want you to roll your stats, Hallie. Yeah. And I want you to explain the spread. Like, why are Sparky's stats the way they are?
4: Oh, OK. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. OK. So the first stat, because I just rolled them left to right, was heart. And I rolled a five, which gives me a plus two for that stat. And I feel like that is pretty self-explanatory because uh, she had some moments last time. I mean, time has passed since then, but at least last episode she had some moments. She's a lot more willing to reach out to the people in her life, not automatically think the worst, not be agonizingly annoying to Kike, and is just generally on a better path forward as far as, like, acknowledging her own emotions and growing as a person goes all right my second one was for books and i rolled a three which gives me a solid zero sparky hasn't been reading i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: just, books
4: that's not where her focus is you know she's still trying to find her new her new uh heist board
0: mystery conspiracy
4: focus she hasn't found something to replace the rutabagas yet yeah Another three for Fierce. That gives me a zero for that. However, one of my advancements gave me a plus one to Fierce, just like an automatic plus one to whatever wild card stat I rolled. So actually I have a one in Fierce. Sparky is just a lot more willing to fight, but fight good because she was always ready to throw down before. (laughs) But like about things that didn't matter and in ways that aggravated people who were close to her. This is just like she's finally she's finally regaining the sense of purpose that she had lost all these years and was furiously trying to replicate. And then for Slick, I got a two, which gives me a negative one. She's just bad at Slick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
0: Sparky's (laughs) feeling very heartfelt. Not much else. Not much else. All right. Next part before we begin is each session. We do a slice of life complication where we create some sort of mundane thing that uh, gets in the way of your character's lives. It's going to be actually very applicable this session because I have a lot of things that happen, but I don't really have any plot. <laughs> so this is where that comes from. With that in mind, though, what what are our ideas?
1: I have one for Irene, and it's like, you know how like sometimes when you do your laundry, sometimes it's only one sock that comes out and the other <laughs> mysteriously disappears. Well, this time it may actually literally be happening to Irene. No matter how you know many socks she washes, there's only one sock of each pair. Now, what would Irene do? Will she wear a mismatched pair of socks or will she not wear socks? Or what will she do in this conundrum? Stay tuned. That is my slice of life complication for Irene.
0: Her socks keep missing, but just a one. Single,
1: yeah, a single sock. So she has a lot of
4: mismatched socks now.
0: Okay, okay.
4: I have one, but it involves the World's Fair. Is that allowed? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. It's also for Irene. <laughs> one of the like little game stands has this adorable, large, stuffed boitle rat. And your boitle rat wants it so, so bad she will not let you leave until you win this boil rat against this very obviously rigged carnival game. That's beautiful.
3: Love it. I love
4: it so much.
3: I've got one for Kike. Oh, ho-ho. Oh,
2: no. I was gonna riot if you said Irene. I I
3: genuinely wondered (laughs) if there was gonna be an Irene sweep this time. No, no, no. I I, I was aiming for Kike from the start. Oh, boy. Kike, one of your old dead... Colleagues in quotation marks. Oh no! In the field of chemistry, has been trying to like hand deliver you a response to a paper you published a very very long time ago.
4: <laughs> oh no! And is using
3: the opportunity of the World's Fair to attempt to like sort of take the stand during a symposium and talk about no, please <laughs> his comments on your old research.
1: Like more comments than questions.
0: <laughs> yes. It's it's Flick, which is an alchemist who has been named previously. <laughs> Flick!
1: Oh my god.
0: As someone that Kiki was like, yeah, Flick's great. Flick's great. In either case, it's a chemist. Not a chemist, yeah. uh, an alchemist specifically. It's got to be one of the alchemists. Absolutely. And then Emily.
2: Um, it's It's for Hilda. There's some ambiguous wording on the <laughs> TSA website. About something that she wants to bring, and she can't figure out if it's allowed or not.
3: This is a truly evil. <laughs> Why would you say something like that?
2: Because it's my fear.
3: <laughs> my shampoo might be a slightly larger than allowed bottle.
2: Oh no! It yeah, might be three point
4: five ounces.
3: Oh, oof, oof, terrible. Oh no! What if what if the dead use a different system of weights and measurements to <laughs> that they
4: just. Do not warn you about on the TSA website. <laughs> I
0: did. Uh, I'll mention it now because there was an easy way to put it in. They do use the metric system.
4: As they should.
0: And the day, month, year way of doing the calendar. Oh
1: my god, yes. Oh, that is so much better now you do it. I hate the month, day, year.
0: <laughs> which which is better. It is better. But it could frazzle, like it could confuse a deeply frazzled, like, 13-year-old. Like, you know when you get into <laughs> a fucking research rabbit hole and you end up somehow knowing less than you did going into it? Like, Metric, well, maybe they're speaking in terms of Kelvin. Uh, well, Hilda, I this is not temperature. This is volume. But, but what if... That's Hilda's heist board. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So our complications are... An old alchemist wants to hand deliver a response to Kike, or if he can, get up on the stage and do it himself. (laughs) Hilda doesn't know how much stuff to put in. Irene, one sock keeps missing. Just one. And then Irene, there's an adorable stuffed boidle rat at a game stand, and a Boidel rat will refuse to let you knock at it. What are we leaning out of these?
4: I'd like to change my vote, actually, to the chemistry paper guy. Okay, okay.
2: My my vote is to the Boidle rat. My
3: vote is also to boidle rat. It's so good.
2: I'm okay. torn between the chemistry one and the boidle rat. One. Both, both, both.
3: I've already got so many Kike characters. Alright, we don't we we don't have to do that.
2: I we- vote for the Boidle rat. <laughs>
4: I mean I mean a chemistry person can approach Kike at any... That could be a yeah, running gag. Yeah, and I, I
2: feel like, because they're so ready... This could
3: be the new coffee machine.
2: We never got the coffee machine, though. This could just be a fallback
4: like the coffee machine always <laughs> is. <laughs> it could be.
0: So, what kind of game is this? We don't need to go into too much detail, but what kind of what kind of game is this that's being rigged? Jarts.
1: Charts. I was picturing the, like... The claw game Uh-oh. and like it just keeps keeps moving like maybe there's a magnet or something or the opposite <laughs> of a magnet.
0: What if it's just a bunch of them? You have to claw machine to get to a dart to throw into a balloon, which will then drop water to cause a hammer to go up and hit the. It's 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 a relay. <laughs> Rube Goldberg runs this machine. <laughs> oh no! I make all of my victims the Rubes. <laughs> 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 all right, I think we got it then. All right, we good. We uh, we good to begin for real. Yes.
1: For real. For real.
0: For real.
4: For
1: real.
0: Yo, for real. All right, we see the Earth. What a beautiful planet, Earth. The realm of the here, where the living are. From the Earth, we see a small desert town. It is near the end of summer. It has been a couple of months since last session. So we can see the steam rise. We can hear the hiss. Not many people are moving out. And we can smell the garbage of the junkyard, which is both cars and trash and a trailer that looks at first to be just another piece of the junk, but you realize has like a van next to it and actually has some decorations up.
2: There's a flower box outside. There's a flower box
0: outside.
2: Are there like living things growing in it? There's one.
0: But this junkyard isn't just a junkyard. It's also a graveyard. And in the middle of the junkyard slash graveyard slash Sparky's home, there's a mausoleum. Now, this mausoleum is crappy. It's small. It's dinky. It seems like very few people go in and out of this mausoleum. But if we look inside of it, we can see that there is a staircase. We follow ourselves through the staircase, and inside of it, we see hallways every which way, a a lot like catacombs or crypts, you know, just stonework going from place to place. Uh, If we followed one of the passageways, we would see another staircase leading to Probably a much better mausoleum, like, most mausoleums aren't in the middle of junkyards, ours just is. But deeper and deeper into the crypt, it looks less like a classic crypt and more like an airport but not completely like an airport. So inside of this airport, for example, in crypts or catacombs, there's often like these walls of skulls. So we see a bunch of people standing in front of this wall of skulls, just bapping the heads and asking questions, which the skulls respond in kind, because this is the help center telling them where to go. There are other airport things as well. People moving back and forth. We see DSA, the death security administration agents, going from a series of metal-detecting pearly gates. This is the DFW Intermortal Airport, also known as the Dallas-Fort Worth Intermortal Airport, a hellish series of loops from which there is no escape.
1: No, no, okay, why? Why would you do this?
3: Direct personal attack. I've saved this for over a year. <laughs> oh, my
1: God, no. <laughs> oh, why? oh, I hate that airport so much. <laughs>
0: I describe all these things we see, but the big thing is something we hear. There's this inspiring orchestra music no. that's blaring from this tiny little TV screen on the wall. You see a series of dead and alive people oh smiling at the camera, and at the end, they just say, Welcome. Ooh. To the hereafter. Oh, I hate this. Before the video loops again.
1: Oh, I hate this. A man gets hit by a horse. (laughs) That's not a thing to make you feel alive. He just turns into a ghost right there.
4: (laughs) And they're like, no, no, you can't just die. You have to go through the airport. Yeah, to explain
0: this for a second, many, many times that Arya's come into the United States of America, she has had to suffer through this one video with just no vocals at all, but this very patriotic, inspiring music that loops over and over and over again. So, of course, I added it to this world of whimsy and fantasy. This video is seven minutes long. Yeah. But it's been looping for the past half hour. Yep. (laughs) As the four of you are awkwardly standing in a back room of the DFW Intermortal Airport. When you tried to go through security, you were quickly flagged, and all four of you were brought into this back room without much explanation.
1: Oh boy, oh no. How, how are you
0: responding to this? I'm going to say there's no chairs either. Oh,
1: what? Oh, oh
2: there's ow, no chairs? Ow. That's even worse. I mean, I was furious before.
3: Quiet, uncomfortable fear.
2: We are going to
1: be late. Uh, Kike probably is just silently looking to see if he can find any papers or anything that might help with whatever this is and show it to the
4: front. Sparky is pacing and ranting.
3: Hilda is looking back and forth for exits and escapes, but do not exist.
0: There's one door, one table, a clock that you can't even read. You can only hear the droning tick- tick and then that tv on the wall which flickers and tinnies and for a second you think maybe the, maybe you'll be free of the video and then it starts up again
1: you're never free of the video <laughs> a part a part of me is still watching that video to this
2: bit of wow. your soul remains in dallas fort worth my
1: soul remains yeah
2: in fact the
0: video the video breaks down once and some repair guys come in, oh. fix the TV,
2: and then leave <laughs> without leave. saying anything uh, else. They don't respond to us at all. Irene stomps her foot and knocks on, I don't know if there's like a little window in the door or something.
0: Yeah, we'll say there's a two-way window. Uh, although you you think it's a two-way window. In actuality, it's just very dirty. And so it's fogged over on both
2: sides. Ew.
1: If there's like a camera or something, Kike might like show the tickets to kind of be like... You know, uh, we paid for this ticket and and we're running late and we have we have all of the paperwork here. Uh, so
0: Ari, right, roll take action.
1: Take action, okay.
0: That is fierce.
1: Fierce, alright. Ooh, what's that? It's a nine.
0: Okay, it is a success. So you hear before you feel the gush of wind in the cromp, Dylanoib! Dylanoib! As this very mossy skeleton possum jumps into the air, seeing the tickets and thinking it's a toy, no, no, and tries to clomp down on it, but
2: I succeeded. Oh, I wanna, I wanna Boy, move. The rat.
0: Do it! Sit, sit. Boyle rat sits.
2: Not toy. Not <laughs> <laughs> toy.
0: And you can tell, Irene. <laughs> that the only thing Boidle Rat got out of this was toy. No! <laughs> no. And, and she starts oh, going
3: for it again. Oh, my God! Can Hilda take out, like... Uh, I'm trying to think of something I would reasonably have with me. Hilda's going to take out, like, a sandal <laughs> and, like, dangle it as an alternate toy that is bigger and meatier.
1: Okay. I thought she was going to hate it. I was like, no. oh, what? <laughs> No! No!
0: Boidle Rat turns. Tyler, I...
1: Booker
2: lunges for the tickets. <laughs> no! Booker, no! You, all, all, all of you should control your necromon. I imagine the two of them holding their necromon like dogs that are trying to go greet each <laughs> other.
0: Tell them, tell them!
2: It's <laughs> like, this is a, a, a serious situation
1: here. We might lose our flights. Raccoon!
0: Irene's other Necromon just stand there, disapproving. Oikop.
2: Oikop, oikop, oikop. Booker poutily smacks the table <laughs> with his little leg. Raccoon. You're
1: making me regret the decision of, of getting the same tickets for the same flight instead of having separate flights
2: well my father said that i couldn't travel as an unaccompanied minor even though i told him that i could <laughs> oh i mean the 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 would be your kids
1: and sparky i mean i know i i didn't trust sparky uh
4: sparky's listening in the background she's just like shaking her fist at the tv that keeps playing the <laughs> video over and over and she's like you cowards you can't detain someone without due cause. It's right in the law book, which I don't have with me because it's in my checked luggage, but
1: I, it, it's in there. It's in there. Yeah, we need some sort of reasoning as to why we're here and we are going to lose our flight and you're going to have to pay for a hotel room or for some other things.
0: People, there's no, there's no need to yell. I'm right here. Oh, wait, wait, wait a, a second. And behind the desk, you see a figure suddenly appear, a semi-translucent figure, a tired DSA agent with just a little mustache who is a phantom. Each dead has their own traits and their own reason for coming into being based on how they died. Phantoms died unseen and unknown and as a fact can turn themselves invisible. Sometimes it
3: just happens. He entered a very strange machine.
1: (laughs) I was
3: typing, it's his name, Danny. (laughs) Danny, (laughs) Phantom. (laughs) this (laughs)
1: is (laughs)
4: against the law, Danny.
0: Uh please, I understand that you're stressed, but let us keep it professional. My name is Dan. As you can see with my name card here, only my friends and my partner may call me Danny or at least that's what they would call me if i had them <laughs> so and he pulls out a book and flips it over i assume that you all know why you're being detained here uh,
1: no sir why actually, would you assume? You based uh, no based on everything one
0: that
4: we have said and are and we're going right. to yeah, yeah, be uh, late to these two are to our children uh,
1: kids and i include sparky in the kids <laughs> rude hang on so sir We do not know why we were detained here, so if you could please tell us this. Here are all of our documents. They're all in order, as you can see.
0: Thank you very much, sir. Well, uh, you've done a couple of violations today, for example, and he points to you, Hilda, and says, too much shampoo. (sighs) But the uh, main issue here is that, as we can see, miss, and he flips open a paper and starts looking through, Uh, Catherine Mueller, Sparky Malarkey with the Catherine Mueller crossed out because out of character, I asked Hallie, would Sparky legally change her name? And Sparky said, yes, but she'd be lazy about it. So we decided that Sparky wrote in Catherine Mueller crossed it out and wrote sparky malarkey so her legal name is a crossed out Catherine Mueller, and then sparky malarkey i did
4: not realize this was going to be the issue at tsa and i'm pissed
0: (laughs) uh well that actually isn't the issue ma'am uh your peculiar name aside we noticed that someone with that name was on our no die list which is a joke we made last arc (laughs) and i remember wait
4: wait what do you mean i'm on the no die what
0: (laughs) Uh, yes, ma'am, we have a series of incidents here, I can read them out if you would like, but they mostly come down to unwarranted harassment.
1: Hang on, hang on, but why could she buy a ticket, then? That, That seems like a fault on the system.
0: Well, if I understand correctly based on my records and what you had just said a few moments prior, sir... Uh, You bought the tickets on everyone's behalf.
1: Well, yes, but I included her name and all of her document numbers and stuff.
0: Well, sir, I don't know how to answer for that. All I can say is that we uh, we have a bit of an issue here. Is he
4: holding the papers that have all my transgressions? I'll just say it's on
0: the table between them.
4: I'm going to grab them and look through them. Oh, that's that's going to be another mark there, ma'am. Oh, what? Parkey. I'm so, what? The unwarranted harassment. What? This was laying on. The, I didn't even grab it from you. It was laying on the table. Like I would have grabbed it from you, to be clear. But you weren't holding them. They were on
0: the table. to do all uh, uh, right. They're okay. on the George, table.
4: Why George, do you put George, things on tables if you don't expect George, people to do pick them up? With the D S A agents! Have you ever flown
1: before? No. I'm on the no die list, apparently. Well, I I can see that. You don't argue with D S A agents. That's the first rule. Oh yeah, but they're being arguable.
4: They're being argu. Okay, okay. How do you remove someone from the no die? List. You can't just say we have a problem and then just like not offer a solution.
0: Have you interacted with the Bureau
4: of Intermortal Enforcement before, ma'am? <sighs> yes, they propose bad solutions, but solutions nonetheless. Uh, well,
1: sir, it it seems here we have a little bit of an an, an impasse, mm-hmm. as people would call it, because we have a flight and it's gonna leave relatively soon, but you know. How can we resolve this situation? She was able to buy the ticket, so...
4: That does reflect poorly on you. Uh,
1: yeah, so, you know, is there a, a way that this could be resolved? I don't know, fine. It's not the best solution, I agree, you know, but...
0: Roll me, roll me convince somebody.
1: I am not bri- <laughs> out of character. I realize this sounds like a bribe. It's not a bribe. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: know what stat
3: to do with this. I don't know if I want... Uh, since you said it's not a bribe, I'm going to say books. Time to slowly slide my allowance across the table to him. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: that is uh, um a seven.
3: Okay, a
0: mixed success. So... Your target is convinced mostly, uh, so he will give you a solution. However, something is preventing Dan from giving you the solution. Dan will ask something in return. Dan will make one inconvenient misunderstanding, or Dan will be temporarily upset with you.
1: Uh, I like the maybe wanting something in return.
0: All right. Dan sits there and strokes his little mustache, and you can see some flakes of it fall off.
1: Yeah,
0: well... I can't really speak much about flights. I don't have the money. They don't pay me enough to go on flights in the airport. I can't even afford nice shampoo. He looks at you, Hilda. You know, if uh, if some of that excess shampoo found its way to me,
3: Hilda's <laughs> so just going to hand over the entire bottle.
0: <laughs> you can see the ends of the mustache curl up in a smile. Ooh. But you're still late for your flight. No! Everybody roll me, take action.
3: No! Oh! oh, boy. Lucky for me, I roll with heart.
4: Kyle, can I take my list of transgressions with me as we run out of there? OK. Uh, j- Just Hallie rolls me, take action. At- no, 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 wait, no, no. no. Wait, no. <laughs> no uh,
0: Hallie, roll me. Uh, are you trying to just do it so he sees you, or are you trying to sneak it out? I'm trying to sneak it out. Roll me sneak.
4: Oh, that gives me the worst stat. OK.
1: kind of like got a six. Uh, uh, mm, uh, 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 mm. Do I want to use this here? Mm. Mm.
0: You save Sparky or let her suffer?
1: <laughs> I'll save Sparky somehow. I'm thinking this is happening so early at the session. How
0: did you have things pre-planned out so that you were able to help Sparky get the book?
1: Oh! Oh, you were trying to get... What were you trying to Oh, bring? I was just grab...
4: As we leave and rush towards the plane, I'm grabbing the list of my transgressions so that I know what they have on me.
1: Oh no, I thought, I thought you were just trying to book it to the plane. I mean, I'm trying oh. to do that
4: also, but Kyle told me to roll a different stat, so I did that. Because I'm also oh. trying to do that as I leave. So you probably should not waste this on me because I am being a dick.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I think for this one, I might not waste it. <laughs> Sorry, Hallie.
0: Sparky, you go to leave and Dan's hand just slams down on the book and he looks at you with a now glorious mustache. Oh, good for him. And just shakes his head no.
4: <sighs>
0: Fine. Next flight to Necropolis, please board. Group One. And Ari, you told me a year ago that you would translate that to the shitty Spanish. So, fun for you!
1: Uh, uh when, <laughs> <laughs> What best we say when what? <laughs> uh, I would say this in shitty Spanish. Uh,
0: we were talking about the airport announcements and you were like, Oh yeah, there's this kind of like really weird formal Spanish that you Oh they my use. god,
1: yes, okay, I I know what it is.
0: <laughs> so I wanted to include at least one, so we'll just say next flight to Necropolis. Born in group one, please get on the coffin.
1: <laughs> Atencion, Pasajeros. Pasajeros con el vuelo dos, tres, cuatro, con destino a necropolis. Favor de abordar por la puerta 8.
0: <laughs> and as that happens, people start boarding, but we notice a very cool teen. Roll their eyes at that, just really weird formal Spanish. <laughs> this teen is wearing like a black jacket, black leather jacket, full of like rhinestones and other things. They've got long, thick black hair with like a couple of streaks in it, and they're watching as their nine and a half year old little sister. Runs around. There's a, this little, like, nervous pick, pick. This nervous deer thing, Ooh. just bouncing around as this excitable nine and a half year old girl chases it with her just metal as fuck, like in in like a cool skull way. Yeah. Forearm cane. If you didn't know what Unuin was like, you'd think the pick, pick was scared. And it might be kind of like how all Chihuahuas are scared at all times, but it does seem to be a game.
4: Oh.
0: And as Kike, you and Hilda run up first, Ariel, with almost like a sixth sense, just turns to you and says, que anda Tio.
1: Que bole, Ariel. Are you ready? Ready to? Ready to ride? <laughs> They look at
0: Yuenuen and confirm that Unwin is out of sight just before turning to you and saying, if it's anything like it's been so far, this whole trip is going to be un madre." Uh. So yeah, I'm ready.
1: It, 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 you know, maybe, maybe, uh, but it's still going to be fun, right? Yeah. It's, Bethany still? You're ready? You're <laughs> ready?
0: Ariel, because you know they're senior now, dramatically flicks <laughs> their hair backwards and not even looking at you, just kind of waves their hand while walking over to Unwin and says, "Of course I am. To are you?
1: Right? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, it, you're gonna. Uh, I guess they have gone to Necropolis before. Yeah, right? probably. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, uh, I I know you like Necropolis. It's it's pretty cool. So you know." I I'm excited for for sure. I mean, you know, it's a it's a fun place.
0: From your side, you just feel a little tugging.
1: Oh, Qiu chaparrita! I am assuming that's Junwen. Yeah, right? she's
0: she's nodding in excitement. Like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. You are?
1: Oh, it's so great. There's so many, like the food is amazing. Like, I know you You also have gone a couple times, but you know, it's great. It, the colors are fantastic. You're going to have a great time. And you know, your, your sibling here is going to take good care of you in the plane, right? Ariel, you are? Ariel. If there's anything you need, I I, I usually sit with you guys, you know, but now I'm going to be over there. So if, if there's, you know, in the other uh, seats, a little bit up front, but if you need anything, I can always go back unless there's a seatbelt on sign, in which case I can't, but I can still do it, you know, if there's sometimes it's there and it's not needed. Anyways.
0: Ariel walks back and in response to you saying you're going to take care of Yuna, you can see they're holding on to her forearm cane Mm. and hands it to her and says, Yuna, got excited again. You got to keep a hold of this. And then turns to Yuki and puts their hand on your shoulder. It'll be fine.
1: Well, you know, if you use anything, as I say, just a couple seats, I can always go there. There's also, well, so that, you know, you know the flight attendant, but that's the kind of
0: to. do And they kind of put their head down and raise their eyebrows. We're not the ones you have to worry about. And they look back and you can see Sparky frantically trying to catch up to everyone else. (laughs) And she has overtaken Irene, who has just started slowly walking a little bit more. Uh, Irene, you just ran a bit too fast early on. So now, like, you're feeling a little achy. Your head is pounding.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know what? This is probably why I've gotten more nervous lately. It's just... (laughs) These new
4: friends have resulted in a direct spike of my non-existent blood pressure. (laughs)
0: All right, let's get on the plane. So by plane, I mean coffin. (laughs) Uh, You know how planes are just tubes that fly in the sky?
2: Planes Uh, are basically coffins, but big. (laughs) They're the same yeah. thing. For lots of
4: people, <laughs> they're the same thing.
0: The plane is basically just a big old coffin. There are windows. First class, which is I'm is Kike said he'd be in front, so I'm assuming Kike's in like the nicer, further up areas.
1: Yeah, not not in but well, I don't think in first class, he wouldn't pay a first class ticket for Okay. You know everybody but, but not, <laughs> yeah but not not the super oh, back.
0: I just assumed you were purchasing that for yourself and then the
1: rest of us are in like you know what yes <laughs> correct kick it for chase there are three
0: areas in the front there's this really nice you know kind of coffins how they have unnecessary like padding and like mm-hmm. pillows and stuff it's like being inside of a bed bath and beyond Aww. in the middle it's pretty nice that's where Ariel and you and are and then the rest of you are in the back where you could swear you see some just necro termites eating some of the wood. Wow. On, on just these bad wooden
4: benches. Um, speaking of necrotermites, but not actually in any way, I want to try to recreate the list of my transgressions from memory. Like I want to just get out my Smackbook Pro and I want to type down as many things as I can remember while it's fresh in my brain.
2: Okay. I really appreciate that you used the necrotermites as a segue. I sp- did. Not sp- <laughs> having anything to do with <laughs> because it. Because I was
4: thinking like, wood, paper, pencil, but no, I would just use my snackbook pro. There was, a, there was a chain of thought, but it wasn't very good.
3: This feels very unhealthy, boss.
4: What I don't think is healthy is when organizations keep lists of things that people do wrong. And the wrong is in air quotes. Uh, I got a nine.
0: Okay, so you get to ask a simple question about the list of transgressions.
4: What's the worst item on that list?
0: Gotta think about this. You suddenly remember one of the first times you talked to Kike. You flat out chased him (laughs) through security in the airport and had to be dragged out.
4: Oh, I already apologized to Kike for like so many things. Okay. Okay. See, my thought was like, if there was anyone else that I egregiously upset, I was going to go about my own way to make amends. But I've already apologized to Kike. That's just another thing. Oh, you upset all of DSA that day. I'm not made of money, Kyle. I can't. I can't make <laughs> up for DSA. Anything
0: else? As your pallbearer gets on and is like,
4: "Hey, everyone, it's uh, it's me, Paul
0: Barronito. Uh, uh, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a two-hour blight. A quick uh." trip down the the river sticks don't worry though it's a uh, it's not one way so uh looks like the temperature in necropolis today is and he's just going to do the thing that like pilots always do where they say five times the number of words they need to do yeah. anything else that ha- that you, that you want to do before uh you, you you make your way to necropolis
1: he's having a bit of a blast you know <laughs> on the front having Good food, trying to take a nap, but unable to because the the blind attendant is always like, "Sir, do you need something? Sir, do you need something?" And it's like, please, I just want to sleep. Except there's no dirt, so he can not truly really sleep properly in here. But they they go
0: back a little bit, and you can't see who they're talking to. But Ariel just turns to the blind attendant and says, "Hey, I really thank you for uh, looking after my to like that. He just needs, you know, a lot of." Wow. A lot of support and uh, just checking in on them. You know, it's it's real good, (laughs) and it just a big shit eating grin is on their face the whole time.
1: God damn it! Also, I would I just want to say that halfway through Kike, one of Kike's many attempts to take a nap, he will also remember that Sparky changed (laughs) him to the airport and be like, "That's why."
3: Hilda puts in her noise-canceling headphones and listens to music while cuddling Booker for the majority of the flight. Sorry, the majority of the blight.
1: Is it like lo-fi, like that kind of music? It, or? It's, it's,
3: it's an eclectic playlist. Which I say because my playlist is eclectic and shifts wildly between <laughs> completely unrelated music.
1: I mean, same, honestly. <laughs> like I can have peaceful instrumental and I have ska and I never know what's gonna come up next, so I totally get
0: that. just a random list of things you've got. Like you've got you got some classic rock, you've got some modern, you got the the duo, this really cheesy duo from like a couple of decades ago of Alucard and Dracula, yeah. Dracula's Sons. <laughs> and then like you even got some music. If it's all right, that I'm just kind of throwing some ideas. Sure. You even got some music that's in other languages. You know, you got a couple of anime themes. <laughs> Only a couple. You've got a couple of songs from like Mexican pop idols, like uh this flower based one called Sochi. Just a whole bunch of music going around. Yes. All right.
2: Anything else? Irene's just fidgeting in her seat uncomfortably.
4: Are there windows in this coffin? Yes. Okay, Pokio spends the entire trip flush against the window, staring out like some children do on planes.
1: Malaya does not like being in this confined space because I assume that there's like, you know, seatbelt requirements and Malaya is not best pleased by having a seatbelt around it, him?
0: It's him and, and it.
1: Around it. So... He is trying to like, (laughs)
0: Okay, so everyone can feel as the coffin kind of sinks down a bit until eventually settling on what doesn't feel like solid ground. Because it's water. (laughs) Pokio, from the outside, you can see hundreds of rivers coursing through this ethereal, colorful space on them a series of coffins most of them pretty big like this one but a couple of small private coffins zip down these rivers the rivers all seem to be moving to and from the same destination sometimes they'll move off and you'll see that the ethereal lights turn into foggy representations of what seem to be other spaces so like what looks like a future dystopian nighttime city, a uh, a beautiful castle, a realm that is only Batman's. Actually, that was the dystopian city. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but you notice that the rivers, when they veer towards those, there's always these artificial barriers that seem to be pushing them back away from it. So none of the rivers ever reach that destination.
4: I call. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonder.
0: You go down the river, and after a few hours, the hazy, ethereal lights that seem to point to all these other places give way to a single, strong, unifying light in front of you, as a hazy vision turns into a very bright, clear attic. Everyone, welcome to Necropolis. Well, uh, hello there, passengers. Uh, Before we go on our blight today, yes, that's blight, not flight, uh, we have a couple of announcements for you today. So, welcome to The Siren in the Dead City Part 1 out of 3. I personally like to consider this episode kind of the prologue, the world-building prologue to the adventure, but uh, if I labeled it as the prologue, the naming structure would be the Siren in the Dead City Prologue, and then the Siren in the Dead City, and then the Siren in the Dead City Part 2, and I just thought, that's way too confusing. In either case, I hope you're enjoying the episode, I hope you're enjoying us coming back to a full-time episodes as much as I am. And I'm enjoying it so much that I want to get you right back into the action, so I got just one super quick, super important announcement today. Later in the episode, you're going to hear us mention a place called Die Hop. Die Hop is a place we created in an exercise that I made for Under the Neighborhood that basically lets you create a thing like a a mystery shack from Gravity Falls or Owl House from the Owl House, just a solid base of operations of sorts. Armed with that knowledge that we already made a place called Die Hop, you should be able to follow the story completely fine. However, If you'd like to hear what the creation process for Die Hop was like, because we did it all improvised at the beginning of the session, you can check our link below or just go to patreon.com slash for a free public post. That's like an additional 20 some minutes of audio of us creating that place. And I, I think it's just really fun behind the scenes audio. So finish this episode first. But if after that, you're still hankering for a little bit more, You can check the description for that. As I promised, that's it. Our next episode, The Siren in the Dead City, Part 2, will be coming to you in two weeks on Monday, December 4th. But if you'd like additional content before you then, you can find short stories, behind-the-scenes insights, and some extra audio over at patreon.com slash questfriends. I'll see you there. This is a sprawling, haphazard city with a whole variety of buildings. And by sprawling, I mean sprawling. We're talking dozens, hundreds of miles wide. The skyscrapers near the center, although there really isn't a center, go for miles up. And even on top of some of them, you can see that they're so tall that there are little tiny cities built on top of them. Honestly, they make the Scubacore Space Scraper look one story tall by comparison. You don't know what time of day it is because the lights from the city are so bright that it looks like it's daytime, but in a really artificial way. This light goes up and in the sky, there's almost this eternal rainbow as the light hits this network of rivers that are going into the city from above, uh, cause they're floating rivers. Down on the ground, you see a bunch of tiny little love bug VWs and Model T cars zipping around in a bunch of haphazard ways, like some of them are just stopping and then going again. They're cutting each other off. But in addition to these cars going through this interlocking highway and all the lights and all the skyscrapers, you see five more things. Before you get in Necropolis, I wanna do the paint the scene mechanic. The paint the scene mechanic is one where you come up with a detail based on a prompt. And in our case, I want you to come up with super quick, just a couple of sentences, a district of Necropolis. Something that shows how alive and dead it is. I'll say this is less of a district and more of a building, but in one of the, you know, many districts with a lot of skyscrapers, There's one building that goes above the rest of this. It is a giant courthouse with a colossal clock tower that even in the brightness of the city seems to shadow most of Necropolis. This is the Bureau of Mortal Office headquarters or courthouse or whatever you want to call it. When it was introduced last arc, it was a dinky little building that looked really big on the inside. This building actually looks as big as the inside of that building felt. So there's just a big old courthouse with a big old clock tower because Byte sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and notably, I want to point out, this is the same courthouse as you went to last arc. Ki- kind of all of Byte's exteriors, which are all over the here and the hereafter, lead to the same interior. This particular exterior is just so large because Necropolis houses 99% of the Hereafter's residents. It's a big city. Anyway, that's my district. Uh, What does everyone else got?
3: I have one. Okay. One district is full of residential buildings, a mix of apartment towers, and smaller, like, one to two story buildings and like little shops and businesses around the area but it's called the gardens of adonis because it's known for its regular festivals involving uh, amateur gardening uh, and the celebration of the ephemeral nature of plant life and so everyone puts out like little potted plants of literally any variety out on their rooftops and just experiments with them, no knowledge required. They just experiment with taking care of plant on a very accelerated timescale as they wither away in the ever-present light. I love it.
1: I guess there is like a cultural district where basically like there's like a little square outside plaza, but around it, there are a lot of like museums like there's like a past and present or I don't know if like living and dead history museum something like that like there's like a big cultural museum and then close by to there there is a diamond pyramid nobody knows exactly (laughs) where it comes from it is crystal and some people can just go and it's, and it's like transparent actually that's the that's the shape of the museum it's a diamond pyramid and then you can go and see the different exhibits and stuff and there's other museums and other like houses and things that are like you know this was the house of this person
0: if it's all right if i add a detail to yours
1: yeah yeah i am trying to base it off the of the center of mexico city that's that's the the, the vibe the zocalo i'm trying to <laughs> <laughs>
0: basically okay, I, I i like it i'm gonna say since you added museums and you added something that could be a diamond or could be a pyramid depending on the way you look at it yeah the biggest art museum in necropolis the rms titanic is actually rubbed against the diamond museum like brushing against an iceberg so it's just kind of like up next to that museum and so they're sister museums representing life and death.
1: So is the iceberg diamond pyramid?
0: Uh, yes, in this world, uh, they were so confused, they couldn't tell if it was a diamond or a pyramid, and so they couldn't avoid it in time. And that's why the Titanic sank.
2: <laughs> the Titanic. I was thinking of, like, a district based around a university. Okay.
4: Oh okay. yeah.
0: So we'll, we'll call this since I actually have a university, if that's okay. Yeah. This will be the 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 schoolyard. <laughs> schoolyard. Oh, that's right. Schoolyard.
1: schoolyard.
0: Schoolyard. We'll call it skullyard because it sounds like schoolyard. Otherwise. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's Juilliard, but skull. Everyone can thank Ari for that name. Uh, Scullyard. This is exquisite, multi-layered.
1: I forgot. There's so many things that I planned months ago and forgot. My life was truly different.
2: It's one of those, like, sprawling, there's the campus, and then there's, like, a convention center where they don't have any food open for some reason, except one place. But the cook went home already, and so you can't get hot food, and (laughs) and Sparky Malarkey might go on a (laughs) misadventure. they They just leave! In the middle of the rush! They just go! I know that, like, Necropolis
1: is, you know, a, a combined thing and not based on a specific place, but Mexico City does have a big, big university city that it's called University City because it's so big.
0: <laughs> so... Funnily enough, right on the outskirts of this, that's where
4: Die Hop is. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hallie. So, piggybacking a little bit off of Ari with a cultural district, um... There are two households, both alike in dignity, oh, no. in a Fair Theatre District, where we lay our scene from oh, no. Ancient Grudge Break to New Mutiny. And it's just Willie really Shakespeare versus every other playwright who has ever existed. Because he tends to take over the theatre district, and it's just like the Globe versus other theatres that have been built by the residents of Necropolis. And um, there's a special VIP section in one of the theatres. It's a booth, and it's called the John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> Hallie, why? We can cut that. Hallie. I just thought it was funny. What? Abraham Lincoln and John Wilkes Booth are best friends, and they go to the theater every night. Helly, no.
1: <laughs> that's the end of the movie, and Julia. I, I
4: feel no. That's
0: worse. That's worse. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll keep the John Wilkes booth. I'm ex-carding Lincoln being friends with a man who (laughs) shot him. Because he
2: ended
4: too much slavery.
2: Because he ended too much slavery. I forgot,
4: I forgot why the Civil War happened. Helly, no. I forgot it was about slavery. I thought he just really didn't like Abraham Lincoln. That's bad. Been- why will the South rise again, Helly? Like, no, that's <laughs> not what I want. I just want William Shakespeare throwing hands with everybody else into whimsical VIP section. Yeah,
0: he's throwing hands with everyone else. Okay, and I could even have him throwing hands with John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> she just keeps trying to assassinate people during play. John Wilkes Booth is like the cockroach of the theater world. <laughs> He keeps appearing. Nobody likes it. Everyone asks him to leave. I'm just- I'm
2: sorry. I'm and actually- then he
0: just he keeps breaking his leg I- and running off.
2: One of the really huge problems too for Willy is that he's already got an unwanted tenant in the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. <sighs> An actual real right, phantom, right, right. groaning.
3: All right, but this is this is deeply important. Who is the angel of music down here? Is this a position that is passed around, or is there a literal angel of music that haunts this district as well?
1: If it's an angel of music, is it just the wheel of ice? <laughs>
2: yes. <sighs> it's the biblically accurate angel of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the
0: wheel of eyes, but everyone calls it the wheel of
3: ice because it's so frosty and mean. And they are the prima donna of the operas in the theater. (laughs) (sighs) The Phantom is in love with this angel.
1: Also, also, I know this is like building a lot of lore that may not come up, but he hates everybody, Willie Shakespeare. But specifically, there's this feud with Cervantes, the guy who wrote Don Quixote, because there's this weird paradox where they died at the same time, except not really, except they did, and it's like it's just always a point of contention, which is actually true. They died at the same time, except they didn't, because the calendars were different. And I, it's always it
4: always trips me up. This is my death day. It's like having the same birthday as yeah, somebody. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fighting on their death day, even though it wasn't actually technically the same, but. It was. It's just different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we have the Byte headquarters. We have a square plaza with a bunch of museums, including the Titanic and the Diamond Pyramid. We have the theater district that Willie Shakespeare just keeps taking over.
4: It's like it's like the, he's like the president of the homeowners association, but for theaters.
0: We've got Scullyard, which is big university. And then we have a place with a bunch of plants, the uh, Gardens of Adonis which uh, has a lot of flower festivals. One of these is a lot more chill than the rest. Listen. Willie Shakespeare's taking over. Diamond pyramids. Fucking scull yard. Some flowers.
3: Plants. I made, I made a nice place that exists in a city where people can live in. It's a reference both to an ancient Greek festival and to a David Graeber book. I like it.
0: I want to make it clear. I like the gardens of Adonis.
1: <laughs> the gardens of the galaxy. Sorry. <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> okay, last question. In which of these districts is a uh, fucking die hop? I forgot the name for a second.
3: I lean towards my own because it feels like the place where a weird failed bookstore turns hmm. breakfast place would be. Okay,
1: okay. That's actually a fair That's point. True.
3: But I, I will gladly concede if people have another vision for this.
2: My only hesitancy is that I do feel like it would be a great place for drunk college students to yeah, go at 2am. It does feel like a college. So that is my only reservation with that, is that it does sound like a place that drunk college students would go at 2am. I, I can't argue with that.
1: Hmm... I'm honestly torn between Tom's and Emily's and my vote would be casted equally between both because I like, at first I was going to be the university then Tom said his thing and I was like, mm, that's a good point Then Emily said their thing. So I, <sighs> Hallie, you're... The... Well, mine is the
4: same. Mine's
1: opinion is the same as Ari's. God damn it. I
4: think I lean more towards university only because it like... We wanted it to be a public place, and it's still public if it's in Tom's cute residential area, but that's a nicer residential area where I feel like we would get better, more reasonable clientele we run into, as
2: opposed to the chaos of being near a university center. That's true. Also, you said it was probably going to be on the edge of the university area, so then maybe... The university and the residential are just nearby. Oh, no. Maybe they're just, maybe it's just right between them, you know?
3: Don't do this to me. It's just right between them. Location, give us a better sense of place. It's at the edge of a district. Yes. Yeah.
2: Make a map. (laughs) It's on
3: the edge. It's right. It's like,
1: make a map. Do it, Kyle.
2: You're welcome, Kyle. Okay.
0: It's in the middle of the districts. So we've got in the center of the city, we've got the square plaza with the museums. We've got the theater district someplace and then we've got Scullyard, which is right next to a cute residential district. And the only thing fusing them together is (laughs) a single shitty die hop, but also the world's fair. Okay, so we've thought about all of the districts. We've seen them all as our little river has taken our coffin all the way down into another there port, which we're going to say looks pretty much the same as it does in the realm of the living, but a lot more lights. Are you going to take uh, like public transportation? You're going to take one of the catacombies?
1: Oh my God, I forgot about <laughs> the catacombies.
0: Or uh, Kike,
3: are you going to drive everyone? Oh!
1: Uh, I mean, the traffic, it, it's up. I assume it's pretty not great, but...
3: Public transport, public transport. Oh, God.
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh,
3: Embrace it, car bad, train
0: good. <laughs>
1: oh, I mean, if, if... I mean,
0: catacombies are cars. They're just vans. They're like tiny little buses. Oh, no. Yeah. Did, is this for Elon Musk, Luke? <laughs> uh, no, combies are uh, a
3: thing in Mexico, right? They're little... Yeah,
1: they're like a tiny bus. They're like the like vans. Oh. But they're yeah.
2: very
3: small. Oh, it's a bus. Never mind. I I misunderstood completely. They're bus. Yeah, they're
1: tiny buses.
3: When you said combi, I was like, oh, it's like a little bee that goes through a catacomb. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, it's a subway, obviously. I misunderstood completely.
1: I assume there's also a subway. We have we have subways in Mexico City. They're not great. They catch a fire. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend going on the on, the, oh. on the, I wouldn't. <laughs> They're bad. It's bad. Uh,
0: Do you want to deal with the streets or the
3: fires? If
1: the kids pressure people into going into the catacombs, then Kike would cave. Otherwise, he would insist driving.
3: Hilda's just excited to see a catacombie. She wants to know.
1: Okay, let's go to the catacombs. Fine.
0: You and races ahead of everybody else.
1: Let's go to the catacombs and just, you know, bust up and get into the tiny buses.
0: Door opens up super fast. You see a wide-eyed woman with red hair open the door and she stares at you. Where are we going today, class?
1: <laughs> is this Miss Frizzle? Yeah, this is why I would rather dry, but it's okay. This is where we are
3: now. Please let this be a normal commute.
1: Dun-dun! <laughs> <laughs>
3: door shuts and the frizz speeds there off she goes. <laughs> oh,
2: i don't want to go to space again <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right so uh this
0: woman who is miss frizzle from uh the magic school boss she found new work drives you all to How did you
2: die
4: did she go to space again you briefly
0: go
3: to dead space. No, no, we don't want to go
2: to oh, dead no, space. That's... No, we don't want to go to dead
4: space. Kyle, why? Is that just how she died? Kyle.
3: We don't want to go to dead space. That franchise has been dead for years. Don't make us go there. Don't bring it back. <laughs> I mean, I guess it has come back, but no.
0: Okay, so I just want you all to know that if you had health, you would lose probably about five points of health right now. Oh, God. Luckily, this is a system without health. So after a... Very fast and very harrowing ride. Unwin fucking loved it. Uh Ari mentioned that if you took the subways, you'd be on fire. Unfortunately, Unwin's pick pick did in fact freak out <laughs> and did catch on fire. Oh no! So there was fire regardless. Oh no! You zip through. Uh we're gonna say the, the catacombie door opens, and we just see <laughs> there's just a plume of smoke. Coming out as the four of you, as well as you and Ariel, stumble out with like the the, the scorched brows cartoon look, hair standing on end.
4: Hey, where'd you you learn to drive like that? Because it was awesome.
1: Welcome to Necropolis, gang! He's not going to say gang, just (laughs) welcome to Necropolis.
2: That was kind of fun. That was not fun. (laughs) It
4: is just as cool down here as I thought.
1: I'm with you here, kid. I This is why I wanted to drive. It's less hectic, it's less chaotic, but uh, if you want to experience the necropolis, this is a full way to experience it.
2: Oh, yeah. Irene is, if you'll pardon the pun, pale as death.
1: <laughs> hey. Kike is also pale as death. <laughs> that's because he's always... That's just because he's a
4: skeleton.
0: Oh, my God.
4: Um... <laughs> I was serious, though. I want to make friends with the frizz. Just,
0: Hallie, give me, give me, give
4: me a roll. Roll plus heart. Yes. That's my good stat today. Oh, I got a six. So that sucks with my plus two. Uh, Take one AP. Yay. Guys, I have so much AP. Oh, what am I going to use it for? She is so
0: distracted, you you almost get run over.
1: Kika's gonna grab Sparky. <laughs> I was getting through to her. That was getting through to you, literally. I mean, do you wanna stay here, Sparky? I mean do like you like this so much? A day,
4: I don't know. No. And she fixes her jacket as if nothing has happened. And then says, thanks. And then continues on.
1: Ah. Uh, you guys to just actually pretty pleased and surprised and that she said thanks and you'll say you're, you're welcome as Sparky I assume already has walked off but he's very pretty pleased with that and say you're welcome she's moseying down she's too embarrassed to hang around after
4: saying thanks
0: yeah she has walked in to the world's fair what's the world's fair what deathly delights does it hold and how will this trip continue our players march towards the end of the world we'll learn all about that next time All right. Uh, well, Hallie, repeat that. Are you recording?
1: Yeah, for real.
0: Ari, are you recording?
4: For real? Make real. <laughs> for real?
0: Tom, are you recording?
2: For real? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Um, Emily, say something to confirm that we're recording.
2: Something to confirm that we're recording. For real? For real.
0: For some reason, I wrote that you all chose Boidle Rat as Boidle Rat Gang, and I don't know why I wrote Boidle <laughs> Rat Gang.
4: The
1: Boidle Rat Pack!
3: We are the Boidle Rat Pack! We're the Boidle Rats!
1: <laughs> all of the Necromon, the Boidle Rat Pack will help Boidle Rat to get this plush toy. Oh my god,
3: you're, <gasps> you're learning to be friends.
1: Necromon's side adventure.
3: I turned everyone from a plus one friendship to a plus two friendship on Hilda's sheet. Uh,
2: Everybody got marked up. I bumped up Sparky to zero. <laughs> I bumped up Irene to zero. I bumped
1: up Sparky to zero as well. Yeah. The kids are at plus one now. Both kids are at plus one.
4: Zeros and twos. Uh, Hilda remained a plus one, but Kike got... Pumped up to plus one because because we had a moment but it's really funny this park is only zero for geeky oh
1: yeah
0: you can actually see there's a park like central park in new york except this massive sprawling park is full of trees that go all the way up to the canopy it's the <laughs> rainforest I'm actually, I, I'm going to cut that. I just wanted to make that joke. I was debating whether to X-card
1: it. Oh no, I I want to X-card that. I, I I took a minute to get it.
0: I put in my notes, if Kike wants a Christmas tree, does he have to burn it for it to appear in his necropolis house?
1: Oh, this, is, this, is my, this,
0: is, this is why I prematurely killed all the animals, because this is where my brain goes.
1: Oh. Are all the animals in necropolis <laughs>
0: Damn it, Tom. (laughs) I don't want to give John Wilkes Booth a Netflix special. I know. (laughs) But you're right. You're right. He would be on all of those silenced with John Wilkes Booth.
1: We've had so many X-cars in this episode already. What?
2: (laughs) This always happens after like a break. We just come back incredibly chaotic. (laughs) My Sorry. microphone is going flaccid. <laughs> oh, no. That was
3: the worst way to describe that. <laughs> An understandable problem. That was a
4: terrible
2: word choice. <laughs> the best way to describe <laughs> it. garbage. Why? There it goes. It's just it so fucking. <laughs> just it,
3: tighten it.
1: <laughs> it is tightened. <laughs> Many yeah.
3: people struggle with this problem. It's
1: understandable. <laughs>